welcome to the Successful Collective podcast with me, Jules Duncan. And myself, Marisa Devlin, talking all things women in business. If you want to find out more, then hit the subscribe button or reach out to us on the Successful Collective on Instagram. Marisa, as always, we're going to start off today and I'm going to ask you, what are you grateful for? I love this start, Jules. So this week, I've actually got two things. So the first one being that as a parent, making decisions for your children, I always think can be really, really challenging. So a good few years ago, we decided to move Roisin School. Now, that's a big decision to take children away from you know our core group of friends and everything but we had parents night last night and it's just another way of I think reaffirming that we've really made the decision because she just thrives and better than anything else she just absolutely loves her school so I'm really grateful for that this week and I think we've got a joint one because we've had quite a lot of traction with our podcast lots of yes. people listening and even better than just listening, sharing really, really great feedback. So delighted about that. Yes. What about yourself, Jules? I am grateful for the longer days and the lighter nights. Now, I know it's not exactly bright nights at the moment. We're only getting to about quarter past five. But I am still, even this tiny little bit of extra daylight, I am grateful for that this week. And you love that, don't you? The snowdrops of hope are out. Everything's starting to shift. So spring's on its way. Yeah. Great. And I, I often wonder if I like, because I'm a, a big fan of January and I'm a big fan of Mondays. And I wonder if it's the, the same thing with spring because it's like a rebirth and a new opportunity. And I love when there's a, a fresh start. Like I'm a huge supporter of January New Year resolutions. I know there's a lot of people are very down on them, but I'm a huge supporter of any time there's an opportunity to set a goal and set an intention I'm all about that. And I feel as if you get that in like February, March time because spring has sprung and everyone sees the the summer coming and everyone sets new goals and new intentions. So yeah, I think it's very connected to that. It is. Sounds great. Now, this week we are going to talk about branding and marketing. However, disclaimer for any listeners out there that think that we are going to solely be talking about the tangible aspects of branding today for example the color the design because that's not what you and I are all about so I think probably the best way to get kicked off here is to discuss between both of us why do we have or do we think that we've got a bit of authority on this matter so we've both we both developed our interest in our love of branding from two different standpoints mine was from university and it was marketing I did at university and the entire marketing process which I just think is fascinating and it's very rooted in psychology and um, that's where I really became really interested in it so actually it's my university background that started me off which is great isn't it and mine really probably started um, when I worked for Coca-Cola. So biggest, one of the biggest brands in the world. And my boss then, John McLean, was the marketing manager for Scotland. And he was just absolutely phenomenal. He had the highest standards ever. 
um, in terms of expectations of his team. But, you know, you can imagine my role was the education manager. So you were sitting between, you know, a product that could potentially have some negativity around it and me educating children within the factory at Coca-Cola. So very interesting. But John's philosophy in life that he shared with me and sent me out effectively into the world to do was he would say to me, okay, I don't mind where you go. I want you to find whatever the best education centre is. And I want you to take the best lessons from that, bring it back to East Kilbride and make it even better. And obviously with a brand like that, I learned so much about the benefits of subliminal marketing and we'll come on to talk about that, and about flooding the market so that you're really, really raising awareness. And, you know, laterally, when I was in that job, we eventually did win a national award, which was unheard of because you were such a hugely commercial brand, but we won a national education award. And really, John's philosophy has stayed with me forever. So when we opened up Enchanted Forest Nurseries, Telling the story of that brand was really, really important to us. And the marketing aspect, if you're a completely not unknown entity, I knew from my days at Coca-Cola that I had to let people know about us. Otherwise, you would have no customers. So prior to the day of opening the first nursery, we had spent months upon months thinking about how we were going to market ourselves. So great starting point from both of us Jules. So yeah I think that's in marketing is there's just so many areas to it and there's so many factors to it so and I think one of the mistakes I see a lot of people who are new in business focusing on is they focus in on which these things are important let me start with that they are important but what their logo looks like what colors they're going to use and while all those things are important and that could be a whole other podcast when we talk about color psychology and all of this because there's so much again subliminal messaging in your actual logo and the colors and everything you use but what we are more looking at today is your brand and how you market yourself and actually, so if people are wondering here, what's the difference between my logo and the colours that I use and my brand? And I think Jeff Bezos from Amazon probably described it the best. He said, your brand is what other people say about you when you're not in the room. And I think that's a great way to look at it. So essentially, what do you want to be known for? How do you want to be perceived when the topic that in the industry that you work in, if this topic comes up, how do you make yourself the first person that people think of? How do you get people to connect you with that topic? And how do people perceive you when you're not there? And a huge part of that, and we do talk about this all the time, is whether you are in you know a huge business or whether you are self-employed, your personal brand is absolutely key. And we quite often talk about living your brand and about how the key messages within your brand are something that you really need to stick to mm-hmm. and also something that you need to share. So um, we've talked many, many times about the guy called Simon Sinek. And anybody who's listening, if you haven't read any of his work, we suggest you do. 
and he talks about businesses uh, and he says about starting with the why. So what I would always say to people is when you're thinking about your brand, a lot of people will share their business information and they will tell you loads and loads and loads about what they do. Behind every successful brand is a story. And therefore, Simon Sinek always says, start with the why. So for everybody to really think about why do you do what you do? When you know why you do what you do, you can then share that as best you can. And again, what we would talk about is when you're sharing about you and your brand is trying to be as transparent and as consistent as you possibly can. And, you know, some people would actually shy away from that, but there's this really good um, brand in America. It's a marine clothing brand. And they talk about their message. So, for example, on their website, they're about us, is about the CEO of the company. And he says something like, excuse my awkward smile and buy my shirts. And he's selling like t-shirts and things like that. Mm. But the way that he is so authentic is the fact that he also shares how his business makes mistakes and fails. And what the, the kind of basis behind his brand is that they want to be sustainable and they want to create clothing that was made specifically in America. And what then happens is he clearly gets into business, realizes that that's maybe not the cost-effective model for profitability. So he actually shares on his website that here's how we started. We've now built a relationship with a family-owned company in Taiwan who are sustainable, who use this type of product, and he shows videos and everything of the factory and to show that it's completely ethical. But he actually tells his customer about that, and he's been completely authentic and also very, very transparent about his company and his brand. So I think that's a great example of staying true to your brand but sharing that behind-the-scenes information to your customers. And it's that you you mentioned the word there a few times. It's the being authentic and actually be who you are because people buy into that so much more. The real person behind the business, especially for, and I know a lot of our listeners are solo entrepreneurs. So sharing you and your passion and even your mistakes and your journey as a whole I mean, obviously, you don't need to tell everybody the absolute ins and outs of every decision you've made, but to give people an idea of why you do what you do and how you got there is hugely beneficial in people connecting with the story of your brand. So, for example, this week, on Tuesday morning, I had two classes on Zoom. It was a Pilates class and then a strength class or so I thought it actually turns out it was the wrong way around and I taught the classes the wrong way around so everybody turned up for strength got Pilates turned up for Pilates got strength <laughs> just completely I don't know I never checked that totally taught the wrong class but when I realized I was like oh sorry I've made a complete mess of this and I've taught you the wrong class and what I then said later on in the day to on social media was I hope this gives you an idea of that's the type of coach I am. That if you come to me and say, I know I was going to do X, Y, and Z towards my goals this week, but I just didn't. And I messed it up and I did this instead. 
the type of coach that I am is like that situation. I'm like, right, well, it is where it is. We've done what we've done. Let's move forward. So that very much is me living the brand. Whereas if I had made a mess of those classes and then that was fine, I'd made a mess up, no problem. But somebody comes to me later in the day and says, oh, I've missed X, Y, and Z on my plan. And I'm like, this isn't good enough. We should do better. That's not living the brand and that's not authentic because authentically I am the, ah, well, let's move on type person. So I think sharing who you are and being authentic and being real is so important to building a brand because I just feel if you try and be something you're not or give off an image that you think people want to see and you play a character, people can see through that. And they just, it's so much harder to build trust with people. So humans are flawed. So don't be afraid to let people see the real you, the flaws, the mistakes, the process of learning, like the guy you were just talking about with the t-shirts. Yeah, started off with the best of intentions, learned that actually that wasn't a way to, that wasn't the business model for him. And realistically, no matter what the values are of your business, you need your cash flow and your business model to make money. Otherwise, you're not in business anymore. So to get both of those, and he was happy to say, you know what, actually, this way doesn't work. I've found another way. So yeah, I think let people see you flaws and all and literally be who you are and live your brand. That's so true. And I think, you know, in business, the only thing that you have is your reputation. However, how is a reputation built? So again, if I go back to Enchanted Forest Nursery, we had no reputation. So what what were we going to do about that? And what I would say to people now is obviously at the touch of a button, you've got social media marketing, which is, is absolutely fantastic. But way back when, we didn't have any of that. So we literally pounded the streets, Bernie and I, our first members of staff, and we leafleted. Now, it's a very, very interesting process because as we scaled up, we then started looking into radio marketing, billboard marketing, various different things. And we always did that with the mindset that, oh, you know, maybe we can't afford this. What I would say to people is sometimes you'll be surprised because there are deals to be done. And what that did for us was going back to the Coca-Cola model of subliminal marketing is, if I use the example, when we opened our second nursery, we were opening up in a different local authority. So potentially nobody knew about us. We had 70 applications for childcare before we opened the doors. Wow. And it was because people recognized our logo, which was the tree, and people had heard about our reputation. So reputation takes a long time to build up, but it's all you've got. So you mentioned about, you know, living your brand, being authentic. If you are, that stands your reputation in really, really good stead. So I think what obviously, like we're saying with brand, it's about how you're perceived, your reputation, what people know you for. And if we move that slightly onto how do you market your brand? So you're building this brand, but how do you market this to people? How do you let people know about you? And I think 
one of the things is, and we see this all the time, people buy people. Totally. So what would say is, let's take, for example, someone in beauty therapy. So obviously in that type of industry, you do have to showcase your end product, i.e. if you do brows, what a before and after looks like of brows, showcase sets of nails that you've done. But I think the one thing that many businesses lack is not showing your people. And there'll be a lot of businesses who offer very similar services, same standard of service, but what makes you different? Why should people choose you over someone else? And I think your people, and even if it is just yourself, if you're just a sole entrepreneur, you are the key to that. So people will go to certain businesses or even businesses further away. For example, our vet is, it takes me about an hour on a good day to get there from Greenock to Coat Bridge. And I probably, there's probably about 35 vets between here and there that are closer. There's two vets that are minutes from me, but people buy people. The people at our vets, especially our vets, are just phenomenal. They are a cohesive team. They're excellent and they make all of the difference. And I think showcasing that in your marketing, who you are, like you were saying, tell your story, tell people who you are, what you're about, what you believe. And it's not all just about your actual skills. And I think a lot of people fall back on telling people about their qualifications, which is completely valid and completely important. But you also need to tell people about what you value, what you believe, all of that, because genuinely people buy people. I think you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, at the core of that is for some people that can be quite challenging because it's completely out of their comfort zone, isn't it? So, again, you know, I'm still not at the stage and, you know, some of our business profiles on social media where I have myself on video I'm definitely not there yet there are people who are so good at that like yourself so what I do is dilute that down slightly and in every business that we own there is a story mm -hmm. that can be found that tells the story of why the business exists and there is a photograph of generally who we are or whatever um and also what I was going to say was people can use that so you can put your face so that, you know, if the market in your industry is in your mind saturated. So let's think about nail technicians. And if you go to three profiles where all you see is photographs of beautiful nails, as you said, it tells you nothing about the person that potentially owns that business. And therefore, I want to seek out who they are you know first impressions count you know so basic things like you know spend a little bit of money on getting some professional photographs mm -hmm. yes people want to see you in inverted commas real life but you know when you're using professional platforms so let's say you're on LinkedIn you know make sure it looks professional as well because first impressions really really do count but diluting that down if you're using it on um you know, let's say Instagram, my advice would be, as we said earlier, be authentic, be your real self. So show what those real shots look like. And also what I would say as well is, if I see a hundred 
photographs of someone's hands with beautiful nails. Maybe we should show the people who are your customers as well. Mm -hmm. Now, on the coffee shop, uh, the Cove, when we have social media posts, some of our biggest traction is when we include people in the posts with the food. Uh -huh. And that makes a huge difference as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it is so true. And I think people don't even necessarily realise that they're seeking out businesses where they see reflections of themselves. So people tend to want to go to businesses, use services, be coached by people who are like them. And that's why it's so important to showcase you, your staff, your customers, because people will seek businesses and services where they feel a part of it, where they feel that they fit in, where they feel welcomed. And everybody's going to be different and that's fine. But I think putting yourself out there and letting people get to know you a little bit is so important in building a brand and marketing your business. Now, the other thing that we also talk about is a lot of business owners, particularly I would say self-employed, but I suppose, you know, in the bigger side of business as well, um, people are very scared of the copycat mentality. Mm -hmm. Now, it happens, we know it happens, but what I always say is people can look at your website, they can look at your social media, they can look at the content of your posts and they can literally pick it all up and copy absolutely everything. What they cannot replicate is the personality and the people behind the brand. That's not there to be replicated. So what I would say to people is shut off from the copycats and see if you're really, really wise. Something that we used to do, the childcare industry years ago used to be very closed door, so much so that we used to go and do um, visits to settings down south in England to share best practice because people just didn't like to do it in Scotland. The market was far too competitive and it did shift, thankfully. But I just used to open my doors. So the care inspector that used to send people who were thinking about opening nurseries to visit our nurseries and if you can be confident enough in your product or your service to say, you know, by all means, come and visit me, come and speak to me. I've been on that journey, learn from me. Then that is a really, really great tool to have mm -hmm. as part of your brand. It's challenging, but it's definitely worthwhile. So shut off from the copycats and actually take it as a credit. And, you know, that people wish to copy what you're doing because you must be doing something right. And I think that's, we've kind of discussed this before about how a lot of business decisions are based in fear. And it's, I think, that people do have a lot of fear of, and it comes back to imposter syndrome again, if I showcase what I'm doing, if someone copies that, they could take over me. But like you say, people buy people. We're back to that again. So certainly with myself in the fitness industry, I don't have any big secrets that I have uncovered some scientific method of training. Literally all the personal trainers I work with, and I work with lots of them in a business growth perspective, we're all doing the same thing, but we all put our own personality on it. And that's what makes us all different. And it makes us all individually successful. So yeah, I think we always say this, we are absolutely much more about collaboration over competition. But yeah, don't fear sharing yourself your product things about your business for fear of 
people copying your business model or your ideas because there's a quote and I can't quite remember who I feel as if it might have been Coco Chanel said that people can copy what you've done but they cannot copy what you're about to do so embrace the fact if someone is interested whether it be a customer a client show everything about your business and don't keep any of it to yourself for fear of someone copying you because and I think this happens a lot people think too much about the others in their industry and market towards them. And this happens a lot in the fitness industry that people make content essentially for other personal trainers. But that's not who you're making content for. You're making it for your clients. So don't worry what anyone else who works in your industry thinks of it. What will your client think of it? Speak to your client. And I think that's actually a really important part of marketing as well, is identifying your ideal customer or your customer avatar. As we see, who is it that you're trying to sell your product to? And I think that's really important to think about in marketing, that very few businesses are trying to appeal to everyone. So, for example, my business, is, it's females that I'm trying to appeal to, mostly people that work out at home, generally women over 35-ish. There's no point in me making content that suits 22-year-old guys that go to the gym. And it's still the fitness industry, but think about who are you speaking to when you're making content or when you're on social media or you're writing emails or even when you're talking about your business. Who is this for? Who is your ideal customer or your customer avatar and make your marketing appeal to them so speak directly to them and when speaking to them one of the top tips as well is how do you solve a problem for a potential customer or client and share that information what is it you're going to do to make their life easier that's always a really really great tip as well and you know one of the biggest sellers in the world is word of mouth so again if you do well with your reputation things do go wrong things happen that you don't have any control of but if you have done really really well with your personal brand your marketing and the people by people aspect then it's much easier to recover that reputation when you're in a position that you can reach out now we talk about word of mouth all the time and we we've mentioned today about the personal brand and living that so whether your business is associated with your name or not you are associated with your business brand and the personal brand there is a kind of blurred line there so somebody that we love is a lady called Marie Forleo now she's her personal brand that's what she uses as her name Mm -hmm. and she's very supportive she's motivational you and I feel like she's one of our friends. We feel like we know her. Yeah. And that's because she has got her personal brand sorted so well. And if you think of somebody like, somebody very famous, so let's think about Richard Branson. His personal Twitter account has got so, so many more followers than Virgin Galactic, Virgin Atlantic, and all of his Virgin media brands. So people look to him we obviously think he's a bit of a guru but you know that is a real example of why it's really important to think about I guess as well thinking about your social media pathway um so thinking about what kind of things do you share is it you know the true you 
What are you retweeting? All of these things do come back to that pathway on social media and is it really reflective of your real brand? And if, like we were saying earlier, if you're being authentically you, then yes, it will be. Because you don't have to think, is this something my brand would share? Because if it's authentic and it's genuinely you, if you are drawn to share this, post this, whatever it is, then yes, it will be it will be living the brand given you're being authentic with your brand. And see now in this world of everything's at the touch of a button, you know, there is a need to differentiate yourself and really think about your USP, which again would be another podcast, but you can't let yourself be a secret. You uh-huh. do have to now. You know, we live in a world where people become celebrities literally overnight because of something that they're putting out in social media. So from a business perspective and from a branding perspective and a marketing perspective is don't be a secret. You do have to step out your comfort zone and put yourself out there. And I think networking is another thing. Something that I'm not overly comfortable with. People would be quite surprised at that, but going into a room of strangers is not one of my uh, top 10 favourite things to do, but hugely, hugely important. So if that's out with your comfort zone, professionally online, where can you do that? So I would suggest to a lot, you know, most people is if you don't have a LinkedIn profile, get one. Start commenting, start sharing information, start sharing info about your business. It's absolutely critical nowadays. And that is the thing. If you do not shout about your business and tell people about your business and tell people what great things you're doing and most importantly, what problem do you solve? If you are not going to be the champion of shouting about your business, who will be? So you have to definitely step out there and I know it's outside a lot of people's comfort zones and this is where you don't necessarily need to shout about yourself But yes, the product that you offer, the problem that you solve, if you do not stand out there and say, I can help you with X, Y, and Z, people will never know you exist and people cannot come through the door and support your business. Exactly. Now, maybe we can end today with a wee story. Okay. So I was listening to a fantastic podcast the other day and it made me think about, you know, preparing for today and about how do you stand out from the crowd So this entrepreneur is in his 70s and he is still striving and all the rest of it. Hugely, hugely successful man. He started off as a chartered accountant in London. So let's use the stereotypical picture in your mind of in the office in London and everybody is wearing a grey pinstriped suit. So this guy in his wisdom thought, no, I'm not going to be like everyone else. Some days I'm going to go in that, that office and I'm going to wear a white suit And that's what he did. That's what he did. And on the first day that he had the white suit on, he goes into the lift and he meets the chief executive of the company who says to him, "Eh, what's with your white suit? And the guy responded, told the CEO his name. And of all the juniors, he he would be the only one to be remembered as the guy with the white suit. And the CEO always remembered his name. So there's something to be said. I am not suggesting that everybody in business starts donning the white suit, but there is something to be said about pushing yourself out that comfort zone and standing out from the crowd. 
Absolutely. What a great story. That's fab. Yeah, so have a think about it. How can you make yourself stand out from the crowd? Because everybody does have something that differentiates them from someone else. It might be something with you personally. It might be something in the product that you offer. It might be in your delivery. So if you have something unique, we would love to hear about it. So please do reach out to us on Facebook or on Instagram at The Successful Collective.